The following message, entitled Keys for Conquerors, part 13 of the series Courageous Faith, was given by Mark L. Trogi on the 8th of November, 2015. To learn more about our church, please visit sgcindianapa.org. Please open to Joshua chapter 11. We're going to dip into Joshua 11 this morning. We've been going through the book of Joshua for a while. We're nearing the end. This isn't the last message, but we're getting there. This morning's message is called Keys for Conquerors. Keys for Conquerors. As believers in Jesus Christ, we face all kinds of struggles in this life. Large and small. You all know that. I'm not telling you anything new. May It may be a struggle to be patient with that three-year-old. Or maybe a struggle to be patient with that 63-year-old. <laughs> or that 30-year-old. It, it, it might be a fight to believe God will provide for you. Maybe a struggle to put pornography to death. Or a struggle to believe that Jesus loves you. But, God intends for us to be conquerors. And I want to read Romans 8, 35-39 first. This is not part of Joshua 11, but this is something that we need to always keep in mind. Romans 8, 35-39 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, there, there are three things that just stand out right in this passage that, that will really they'll apply to this, this chapter in Joshua that we're going to look at. But this... Right in Romans 8, it says we, we face all kinds of tough things in life. This is not an exhaustive list. Tribulation. That would be enough. Distress. We face tough things in life. But we fight this fight in the love of Jesus. And what I, what I really like about this passage is the love of Christ is mentioned three times. So we don't fight this fight apart from the love of Jesus Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. So in our battle, in our fight, we never want to forget the love of Christ. We don't want to just go around with the mentality of, oh, I just got to fight all the time. I'm just in this battle. Yeah, it's tough and life is hard and there are battles to fight, but it's always in the love of Christ. That's why we can sing songs like, It is well with my soul. 
Because Jesus loves me and He has paid for every one of my sins. And so as my British friend said after he just just got saved and he wrecked his car, when he got out of his car and he looked at the damage, he said, so what? I'm saved! So what? I'm saved! That's why we can say it is well with my soul because we fight this fight in the love of Christ. We must never forget these things in our battles. And so the book of Joshua is a picture of, it's a picture of our Christian life. And just as Israel had to overcome powerful opposition, we must conquer things through Christ. We must conquer a lot in this life through Christ. And the last passage a couple weeks ago, the last time I spoke, we looked at how Israel had to battle five kings in their armies. In the book of Joshua, the enemies keep getting bigger. And at first they just have to conquer one city by the power of God, Jericho. But then their enemies just keep getting bigger. And then it's five kings. And today we're going to see that an even more massive army comes against them. And, and we saw how God, last time we saw how God did the fighting for Israel. They were fighting. They had their swords drawn. They had their shields. They had their spears. But God cast down hail from the heavens upon their enemies and more enemies were killed by the hail than by the Israelites. And God caused the sun to stand still in the sky so that Israel could finish winning the battle. So God fights for us no matter how great our enemies are. And so today, we're going to see that Israel faces an even greater challenge. And we're going to see a few keys to be conquerors. And so, let's look at Joshua 11, verses 1-6. through When Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, he sent to Jobab, king of Maiden, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaph, and to the kings who were in the northern hill country, and in the Arabah south of Chinneroth, and in the lowland, and in the Nafor door on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Parasites, the Perizzites, and the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they came out. Look at this. Look at this. And they came out with all their troops, a great horde in number like the sand that is on the seashore with very many horses and chariots. And all these kings joined their forces and came and encamped together at the waters of Merim to fight with Israel. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. For tomorrow at this time, I will give over all of them slain to Israel. This is the biggest army they had faced yet. It was so big, it was like, I can't even count because of the sands of the seashore. And they had multitudes. This army had multitudes of horses and chariots. And in some study I did, the, horse, the, the chariots were most likely chariots that were, had iron attached to them and they had either curved iron either iron hooks or size 
S-C-Y-T-H-E-S, which are curved swords, either hooks or these curved swords attached to them, most likely to the wheels, so they'd be spinning around, so that as these chariots tore through the enemy troops, these, these hooks and sides would rip up their foes. This, this was a, a fear, fearsome, awful army. I mean, they, they could have looked at these chariots, these, these horrible looking chariots and looked at these hooks on the side of them, the size, the size on the sides of them and just thought, what hope do we have of overcoming them? They've got horses. Israel didn't have any horses. These guys are going to slaughter us. We can't even count them. They're like the sand on the seashore. God said, do not fear. See, no matter how big our challenges look, we have to remember, nothing is too hard for the Lord. There are times where we may think, how in the world is God ever going to fix this or help me in this or provide for me here? How in the world? This, this is too big. I know I've been through this trial and God was faithful. And I've been through this one, but this one... Have you ever felt like that? I have at times. I've thought, I, I can't imagine any earthly way God can solve this situation. But I have to remember, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Earlier in Joshua, they faced the city of Jericho, an impregnable fortress that Israel had no siege equipment. They had no siege works. And at the time when they came to Jericho, they had very little experience in battle even. But nothing's too hard for the Lord. All they had to do was march around the city and blow some trumpets and the Lord knocked the walls down. Israel didn't knock the walls down. They, were, they, they, weren't, they didn't fall down because of the vibrations of the trumpets. God knocked the walls down. Then after that, five kings came out against Israel with mighty armies. It would have looked overwhelming again. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Israel could have had no idea that, that huge hailstones were going to fall from heaven and wipe out their enemies. We, we can't figure it out. We have no idea how God's going to solve things. But we need to remember the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Your sins are not too great for Jesus to forgive. You may say, Mark, I have done the worst sins in my life. They're not too hard for the Lord to forgive. He paid for them on the cross. He, they're, they're already paid for. If you would come to Jesus in faith, He would forgive them. He will forgive any and every sin. Your kids are not too difficult for Jesus to save. You may say, Mark, you, you have no idea what my son or my daughter is doing. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. You may not see how it could possibly happen. Hey, Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and He calmed the sea. He can handle your life situation. You may not be able to imagine it, but God loves to surprise us. God loves it when we can't figure out how in the world this is going to happen. And then He says, I've got something you never even imagined. 
And so we need to focus on God's promises. Here's, here's the key. The first, the first key is don't fear. Don't fear. Why? Because of God's promises. Verse 6, it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. Do not fear. For tomorrow at this time, I will give over all of them slain to, slain to Israel. You shall, you shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. We'll get to that in a minute. The promise of God. I'm going to give you victory. Now, this is not the first time in the book of Joshua that God promised them. God had promised them. You go back to the first chapter and you have God's promises. Over and over, God promised them to give them victory. Now, He told them in the very beginning, you'd think that after all Joshua had seen, He wouldn't need to be told again and again not to fear. Hey, we're no different, right? I need God's promises every day. It's not enough to read God's Word once in your life and say, well, hey, I followed a Bible program. I made it through the whole Bible from start to finish one time. Never need to read that again. We need to read God's Word on a regular basis to take it in. We need His promises every day. We need to be reminded because we forget. We need to hear God say regularly, do not fear for I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We need, as, as Bob said last week, he, he puts up reminders, writes them on note cards, sticks them on the refrigerator, puts them around his house and shop. Whatever you need to do to remind yourself of God's promises. We need to hear encouragement from one another. You know, it's not enough just to come in here on a Sunday morning and hear encouragement. That's why we have fellowship groups. That's why we would encourage you to meet together. Have coffee with one another or tea or whatever you like. Get together. Encourage one another. Speak God's Word to each other. Speaking the truth in love, the Bible says, build one another up. You know, I told my wife Christy I loved her on our wedding day. And I've tried to tell her every day since then. I may have missed a few here and there. You can't remember any that I've missed. That's the kind of wife she is. Um, but what husband, what husband would say, I love you on my wedding day. I don't need to tell you that anymore. I told you, I told you, Christy, 35 years ago I told you. I don't need to tell you today. No. We need to hear it every day. We should be telling our wives we love them every day. We need God's Word every day. We don't, we don't want to say, I don't want to say, you know what, back in 1973 I went to a prayer meeting and I heard that God loved me. And that's all I needed to hear. No. I need to hear God's Word every day. I need God's promises over and over. Don't be afraid. God's going to help you. God wants to give you joy. God wants to give you peace. You might need to hear that though a hundred times. God wants to help you. He'll, He'll help you with your roommate. He'll help you with your wife, your husband, 
God is going to help you forgive that person that you're struggling with. He'll help you have patience with your toddler. But He promises we need to hear it again and again. So the first first thing we need to remember is don't be afraid at looking at the massive challenges we face. And the way to conquer that is through God's promises. Second thing that stands out in this passage is is this this is the way we this is another key to being a conqueror attack now attack now verses 7 and 8 says so Joshua and all his warriors came suddenly against them by the waters of Merom and fell upon them and the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel who struck them and chased them as far as Great Sidon and Misrephoth Maim and eastward as far as the valley of Mizpah. And they struck them until He left none remaining. See, God gave Joshua a promise and then they said, alright, we're not going to wait. We're going to attack suddenly. They just attacked suddenly. They did it right away. They didn't put it off. Joshua didn't say, well, hey, that's good, Lord, that You said we're going to defeat them, but... I..." They're so vast. I, I, we got to wait a while. We can't just go now. Maybe we can catch him off guard later. No. He, he got up right away and tackled his enemies. See, God, God doesn't want us to wait in our Christian lives. Now, there are times He makes us wait. But when I'm talking about obedience... God doesn't want us to wait to obey Him. God doesn't want us to say, well, I'm in the middle of this, this sin right now. I'll quit later on. I'll, I'll get to it later. No. In the book of Acts, Philip met God, God took Philip and introduced him to an Ethiopian eunuch and he shared the gospel with him. Acts 8.35 and 36 says, then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this Scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? See, he didn't say, hey, I know you told me that disciples in Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, need to be baptized after they believe. Um, oh, I'll do it in a couple years. I'll do it when I get back to Ethiopia. No, he's driving in his chariot and he says, there's water right there. What's to baptize me now? He didn't say, you know what, I don't have any spare clothes with me. I'll be baptized when I get back to Ethiopia. No, he obeyed God right away. There are times where we need to obey the Lord right away. If you're a teenager here, a college student, whatever, and you say, well, you know what? I know my mom and dad want me to follow the Lord, but that's for them. This all this Christian stuff. I'll, I'll wait till I'm thirty, and then maybe I'll follow the Lord. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll wait until I'm older. I want to have some fun in the meantime. No, that is absolutely wrong. Start today. If you're thinking, man, you know what? One of these days, I really ought to start reading the Bible. No, start tomorrow. Start today, even if it's only one verse. Read one verse every day. Start tomorrow if that's all you can do. 
See, they attacked right away. Jesus said, solve relational problems right away. In Matthew 5, 23-25, He says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and judge to the garden you'll be put in prison. Come to terms quickly. Jesus said if, you're, if, if, if you were back then and you were going to leave an offering at the altar and then suddenly remembered, oh man, oh I had this conflict with my brother. Things aren't right. I know he's got something against me. I know he's offended with me. Oh, I'll do it later. No, Jesus said, leave your gift at the altar. Don't even start worshiping. Go and be reconciled. Ask His forgiveness. Do whatever you can to be reconciled. Then come back. See, we're not to let things go like that. And so, let's see, where is this? It's in Ephesians, I believe. I forgot to write down my Bible reference. But it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Hey, it's Ephesians 4. See, I was right. Do not let... Did you hear that? Did you see that? It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Are you angry with another brother or sister? Don't let the day end without trying to resolve that. Are you husbands, wives? Are you in the middle of a conflict? Are you angry at one another? Don't let four or five days go by where you're giving one another the cold shoulder. Because it says, if we don't act right away, if we're angry and we let the sun go down on our anger, what we do is we give opportunity to the devil. We give opportunity to Satan to put bad thoughts in our minds about that person. We give opportunity to Satan for us to slander that person. So, attack it right away. If you think, I, I can't afford to give anything to the Lord until I start making a whole lot more money. Give a buck if that's all you can. Give five dollars. Give it today. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. Give to the poor. Give to the kingdom. Give to the church. Whatever you have. Jesus said when He saw a widow, a poor widow, who just put a couple of pennies into the offering basket, her mite, a widow's mite, Jesus said she gave more than all these other people who were putting in big amounts. This widow didn't say, well, I really can't afford this. I'll wait until I start doing better. No, Jesus said she gave all she had to live on. But any one of us can give something. We may say, I can't, I can't really afford to give anything to the Lord. But then, next thing we know, we're at McDonald's. If you, if you can afford to go to McDonald's, you can give a buck to the Lord. I, I'm just serious. I, 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 the only reason I'm telling you all this is because I want you to do well in the Lord. And I believe these things are really important that we can see here. Jesus wants to help us today. Now, the next key to being a conqueror is to trust God. 
Trust God. It says, verse 9, And Joshua did to them just as the Lord said to him, He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. Now, I didn't know exactly what hamstringing horses was. I, I could imagine... These are your hamstrings, my wife Christy told me. Right, Christy? These are your hamstrings. She's a nurse. You better be right on this. If I get criticized, it's your fault. Anyway, I, I read in Wikipedia that hamstringing is used primarily to incapacitate a human or animal and render them incapable of effective movement. The severing of the hamstring muscles results in the crippling of the leg. So what they were doing was they were cutting the muscles on the at least on the back legs of these horses to render them ineffective. They would never be able to be used in battle again. Now, I was thinking, why did God tell them to do this? Why did God tell them to burn their chariots? Can you imagine Israel after they defeated their enemies? I I would have been like looking at these chariots going, wow! Now look at all these chariots we have now. Look at these hundreds and hundreds of these powerful chariots we got. Nobody's going to stand against us. Look at these these thousands of horses we have now. We've got war horses and chariots now. Now nobody can stand against us. Well, the reason why God told them to hamstring the horses and burn those chariots was so they would continue to rely on God and not be tempted to rely on natural things like those chariots or those horses. See, great verse in Psalm 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. In Isaiah 31.1, God says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses and trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. See, Israel was constantly tempted to go back to Egypt when they were facing new enemies. They were saying, oh, these, these Assyrians, these Babylonians, they're so horrible and mighty. We better go back and get Egypt to help us. they got chariots. They've got horses. It's, the question for us is, who do you trust? It's so easy to be tempted to rely on our own strength and our own wisdom to get through life. You know, you're facing a situation where you're in conflict with someone or whatever it might be, and our, our tendency is to think, okay, what should I do? What should I say? Alright, how can I do this? We need to turn to the Lord. Lord, help me. Help me. Show me what to do, Lord. Give me, give me wisdom. Give me direction. We can be so tempted to, when we're in a financial trial to be thinking, well, let's see, I can do this and I, maybe I can get a job here and 
you know, I can do all this. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with planning. But we need to rely on the Lord. We need to turn to the Lord. And I believe God often puts us in impossible situations just so we'll do that. Just so we'll get to the end of our rope. And not trust in chariots and horses or our own strength or our own wisdom. Jeremiah 9:23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Don't boast. If God has given you wisdom, that's wonderful. God does give us wisdom. God gives us strength at times. God gives us physical strength. God gives us talents. God gives people incredible talents and abilities. But don't rely on those. Don't boast in those. Just remember what Paul said to the Corinthians, what do you have that has not been given to you? What do you have? you have intelligence? Did you gain that yourself? No. It was given to you from God. You may say, well, I really studied hard. I really worked hard. Well, God is the one that gave you the ability to be diligent. God is the one who put you in a country where you could study. God is the one who gave you your education. All we have is a gift. We need to remember that. When when God called Gideon to fight the Midianites, he had thousands and thousands of soldiers all lined up, ready to go and fight. And God said, nope, too many. You got too many. He says, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. So God said, i got to whittle this army down, Gideon, so you don't forget it was God who did it. And so He said, "Whoever say to the people, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned. 10,000 still remained. God says, still too many. He put them through a test of how they would drink their water. And He said, the ones who drank this way, they are the ones who will stay. And it was 300. Started off with 30,000 and winds up being 300. The number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. All the rest knelt down to drink the water. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I'll save you and give the Midianites into your hand. God God loves to bring us into impossible situations so He can show His power. Maybe God said, "Eh, He's got too much money right now. (laughs) He's relying too much on Himself. Uh, Let's just take away some of that. Or He's 
you know, he's everything's just going. We can rely on so many things other than the Lord. We can rely on books. We can say, I have the perfect parenting book. If I do everything in this book, I mean, I used to think sort of like this. If I do everything right as a parent, if I do, if I do, if I, 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 if I do all this right with my kids, then they're going to automatically follow the Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoever laughed, that was perfect timing. <laughs> that was God laughing. <laughs> We, we can think, if I just do everything right, we have to rely on the Lord every step of the way. We could say, if I send my kids to a Christian school, or if I homeschool my kids, or if I do this, or if I do that, they'll turn out perfect. Well, there's, there's wonderful things about all, there's wonderful things, wonderful things about Christian schooling, wonderful things about homeschooling. It's not a guarantee that your kids are going to be believers. Wonderful things about parenting books. I, I recommend them. I read them. I, I think there's just tons of good stuff in them. But we don't want to just rely on what we do. We want to always rely on the Lord. Only the Lord can save. Only the Lord can open somebody's heart. All the parenting techniques in the world, as great as they may be, and as helpful and as much as God can use them, they won't save. Only the Lord can save. So we have to trust God. Now the next key to conquering is to keep going. Keep going. Man, I appreciate so many of you in this church because you have kept going and going and going and trusting the Lord year after year through so many hard things. Keep going. Verse 18. Verse 18 says, Joshua made war a long time with those kings. And then verse 23. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal allotments, and the land had rest from war. Two truths here. Our journey here seems long at times. Doesn't it? Do you ever feel like, I just wish I was done with this. <laughs> I, I'm tired of this. It, it's long at times. It feels long. And especially when you're suffering. Feels long. Joshua made war a long time. Remember one time I said to Joe, one of our other pastors here, our church had been going through a bunch of hard things and and uh, we pastors had met and we were just talking about some challenge that the church was going through. And I don't even remember what it was. But I said, hey Joe, here's the good news. After this one, there'll be another one. <laughs> See, we, we need to be ready for the long haul. We need, to, we need to just keep praying every day, Lord, help me follow You till the end of my life. Help me, Lord. 
Because it's a long haul. It seems long. Jericho, starting with Jericho, it was six or seven years of fighting before they got to this point where the land was basically subdued. And the land had rest from all these wars. They, they were fighting for six or seven years. Which World War II was six years from the time Hitler invaded Poland till it was over in 1945. These guys were fighting for as long, at least as long as World War II. The same guys fighting. They probably were so tired. Our journey can feel long at times, but we need to remember that Jesus is our rest. Jesus is our rest. Jesus did all the work of obedience for us. And He will empower us to imitate Him, to follow in His footsteps and to obey Him. But Jesus is the One who won our righteousness. He did the work by living a life of perfect obedience. We are tempted in many ways, but Jesus said, Jesus was tempted in every way. Jesus, Jesus was tempted by Satan Himself. I don't know that we are ever necessarily personally tempted by Satan. I guess we are because the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. I know there are many devils. I can imagine Satan saying about me, I am not going to waste my time on that guy. I'm going to send one of my lower lackeys. You go. He's so easy to tempt. But Jesus was tempted by Satan Himself. Jesus endured everything and yet without sin. I once heard an illustration that says that, that a weightlifter, the one who lifts the heaviest weight all the way up and holds it all the way up, he's the strong one. It's not the one who lifts the heavy weight and then drops it. We may lift a little weight for a while and feel like that's all I can take. Jesus took it all and held it all. He endured it all. The heaviest temptations. And so He justified us by His work in His life and His death on the cross when He paid for our sins. And so in Romans 5.1 it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, it says, and the land had rest from war. Now we have, we can have peace now. And ultimately in heaven we'll have that eternal, never ending peace. Never ending rest when we go to be with the Lord or when He returns. But we can have rest even now in our battles. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. See, I, I, I always I, I want to keep this in balance for you. It's a long battle. But if we day by day by day by day go to Jesus, he gives us rest for our souls. He makes us lie down in green pastures. 
He gives us the strength to get up and go another day. You know, I, I don't want you to leave here discouraged today thinking, man, Mark just said it's a long fight, it's hard, it's a battle, horrible enemies. I want you to remember that we have rest in Jesus. If we seek Him, if we don't try to rely on our own strength, if we don't trust in the things of the world, if we don't trust in horses and chariots, if we just keep if we keep trusting Jesus, we can keep going and we can make war a long time. <laughs> because Jesus will continually lead us beside still waters and continually restore our soul. And so, I love this Scripture. Bob shared it last week. It is just a wonderful Scripture. Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy and My burden is light. I love the illustration Bob used last week when he held up that yoke that Tony had bought for him. I was hoping that Bob would stick his head through the one side of the yoke, but he... Bob made a really great point that you know, if we're just trying to do it all in our own strength, this life is going to be miserable and hard. And yeah, we won't get any traction. But when we, when we look to the Lord, when we come to Jesus, when we're weary and heavy laden, Jesus says, Come to Me! How often do we try to do things in our own strength? When Jesus is saying, I'm waiting for you to call on me. Why aren't you asking me for help? We're just laboring with our head in the yoke. And Bob made such a great point of when Jesus, he says, take my yoke. And when Jesus is, when Jesus is in the yoke with us, it is Jesus who empowers us. It is the power of Almighty God that leads us and helps us. That's how we keep going. Some of you would be just really wise today to say, Jesus, to pray, Jesus, please, give me rest today, Lord. I'm, I'm tired of this battle. Give me rest. So, what are these keys? Don't fear. Don't fear because we have God's promises. Just encourage some of you tomorrow or today, read one Bible verse. If that's all you can do. Sit down and read one verse. Open up Psalm 23 and read, The Lord is my shepherd. So, don't fear. Attack now. Maybe some of you were convicted as I was talking, oh man, there's this sister that I need to go to and Ask her forgiveness. Oh, there's this brother. I need to give a phone call. Act now. Attack now. Trust God. Don't trust in your own strength. Don't trust in horses or chariots. And then keep, keep going. Keep going. Just by God's grace, as Cynthia said, by His wonderful grace, we can keep going and get back up again. And we have a prayer team, and I just I want to encourage you if 
If you're saying, Mark, I, I, I really would like to have prayer. I, I need God's grace. I need rest. We have a prayer team. They will come up at the end of the service and you can come up and they will pray for you for anything at all that you would like. So at this time, let's stand and pray and then we'll sing to the Lord. Lord, You are so good. Thank You for reminding us today Lord, that we don't need to fear that we'll never make it. We don't need to fear because You've given us many promises, Lord. Help us not to fear. Help us, Lord, to to deal with those things that You want us to deal with right away, Jesus. Help us. Lord, help us to not trust in our own strength. I've done that so many times, Lord. Help, help me. Help us not to do that. And help us, Lord, to keep going for Your glory. We thank You, Lord Jesus, that You give us peace and rest. Lord, I pray that You would give peace and rest and refresh and revive every weary soul here. Lord, everyone who's just in a difficult place, Lord, revive them today. Lord, those who haven't yet turned to You, help them to turn to You in faith today and receive Your salvation. Lord, I pray that You would just do great things even in this last few minutes. In Jesus' name, Amen.